The Old Premeds Podcast, session number five. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're changing careers. You're now ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and if this is the first time you're tuning in, welcome. I am the host of the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, which you are listening to right now, but I also host another show called The Pre-Med Years, which used to be called the Medical School Headquarters Podcast. You can find that at medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes, or just search in your favorite podcast listening app, or just go listen to it on the website itself. Again, that's the Pre-Med Years podcast, where we cover everything that a pre-med needs to know on their journey. Now, the old Pre-Meds podcast, we are dedicated to the non-traditional student, and we take questions directly from the website oldpremeds.org, which is the website for non-traditional pre-med and medical students. You need to go sign up for an account over there, again, oldpremeds.org, ask a question if you have one, and we'll hopefully find it and use it here on the podcast. If we don't use it on the podcast or if we don't get to it right away, it's a great community of other non-traditional pre-med students and medical students and even physicians that are still hanging around there and helping their fellow pre-med and medical students on their journey. So I hope you go check it out, oldpremeds.org. Let's get into this week's question and say hello to Rich. How are you doing today, Dr. Gray? I am doing very, very, very well. Thank you. We're up to episode five now. You amazed? Uh, it's remarkable. The weeks are just flying by. You know, the, the interesting thing in, in the podcasting world, I know this is new to you, and we'll, we'll get you up to speed with podcasting, but I mean, I've been podcasting now for 140, almost 150 straight weeks and they're, they're in the podcasting world, and, and I know for you listening, this isn't very interesting. It's not medical school, but it's podcast, and it's kind of cool. In the podcasting world, if you get to episode seven and past episode seven, there's a good chance that you're going to live on for a while. So we're almost there. Hang with me, Rich. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about... Uh, an MCAT question that somebody asked, again, at oldpremeds.org. If you want to go ask a question, you can go to go to oldpremeds.org, ask a question there. This question I'm going to read, and then we'll talk about it. It says, I'm taking the MCAT on August 22nd and still plan to apply this cycle. I do plan to send the primary in July itself, though. I know this is late, but I have no other choice given my personal circumstances. Is there anyone else taking the MCAT in August as well? If yes, how do you feel about it? Are we really going to compete for very few, uh, less than 25% or so in parentheses, remaining interview slots in most schools? Someone mentioned this number to me and was wondering how true that is. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, uh, Unfortunately, applying to medical school, sort of like voting in Chicago, you need to do it early and often. Uh, several schools here in late September have counters, uh, Michigan State being one, or have ADCOMs who we know, or have other information that have already suggest 
50% of their interview slots have been assigned. So, and there's rolling admissions, there is a limited number of interview slots. And so there, just by the numbers, your chances start going lower and lower. Um, number of reasons for this, of course, there's enormous competition. You have 50,000 people applying for 20,000 MD spots. You have nearly 20,000 people applying for 7,000 DO spots. A lot of competition, a lot of good candidates. There's time in processing, verifying, and transmitting applications from either the AMCAS or the ACOMAS systems. Uh, each school might get 5,000 applications for 100 spots. A lot of work, a lot of processing, and a lot of reason to start weeding out people since we simply have to move this number down and down until we have a class. And the last reason, which is seems stereotypic but so true, there's so many pre-meds who are OCD, neurotic, and near paranoid when it comes to submitting early. I heard from an adcom literally today who said that as the first day of fall when recording this, they got 25% of their applications on the first day of transmission. 25% of the people who applied did it on opening day. Wow. So that, and that's when they got them transmitted, ready to go, verified. We're ready to look at it. A lot of these people are already looking for secondaries online to get the questions. They're pre-writing the secondaries. We now have medical schools that are getting the contact information from the moment that your application has been accepted by AMCAS. That is, they have requested AMCAS to send them the information of who the person is and their contact info so they can send the secondary out without any screening. People are getting secondaries back before their primary applications have hit the schools. It is becoming faster and faster. And part of it is just the numbers that are driving all this. So, and, oh, so this is on. a this is an MCAT question, how it was framed, but really what we're talking about is application timing overall. And it's it's so important. You had mentioned a couple terms here, rolling admissions. Can you explain what that is? Sure. Uh, most med schools, with a few notable exceptions, now will admit people as they come through the application cycle. That is, there isn't some end date where they've gone through everything and announced all the admissions then. They do it as the cycle continues. And the first day that acceptances can be sent out, according to the AMCAS guidelines, is October 15th. Schools want to get their outstanding candidates Schools want to get candidates who may have a um, connection to the area, geographically, family, etc. And they want to get them locked down to get their good candidates before they may get other offers from other schools. That's part of the school strategy here. Because the schools do worry about their own statistics of who they have working for them. So I've heard directly from admissions committee members that... Because of this rolling admissions process, they'll have seats taken, and which means as you get later on in the application cycle, there are fewer seats and more applicants because people are continually applying. And so as they move on, the admissions committees are even more critical of each application they see. And I, I've heard that, that there are applications that come through 
in in October that if they would have come in in July or August, they would have been accepted or, or at least given an interview. But in October, they have to to not even interview them. So it's it's so critical. But one of the the questions here, Rich, is what what kind of what happens when you take the MCAT late? Are you aware of of how schools deal with a, an MCAT that's kind of pending out in the abyss? Well, the the application sits in the abyss as well. That is, it's in the void. Mm-hmm. Most schools, if they're getting three, four, five thousand applications, don't want to go back and review it twice. So, if an application that is not complete, that is doesn't have an MCAT score yet, is not going to get reviewed. So even though the person who asked this question said they're submitting in July, their application got verified by ANCAS, it's now sit. it maybe even filled out their secondary, but it's now sitting at the medical school waiting for an MCAT score. They took their app, they took their MCAT in late August. They may not get their score back until now. I think it's two to four weeks of a, of a time frame. And that application is just sitting there waiting while interview slots and possibly even the minimum slots are being taken up. Yeah, but I think it's a good point. If, if you're taking the MCAT late, if you're already in that scenario for whatever reason, you still need to submit your application early so that it can go through the verification process so the school can get it. And then it, because in that, in that application, you mark that you have an MCAT pending, the school will sit on it, like you said, Rich. And so they'll wait to review everything, but at least they have your application waiting for the MCAT score. Uh, in some respects, that perhaps, well, that's true. I'm not necessarily sure that's the best advice for a student. Um, they certainly are putting a lot of money in to get their application submitted. They may be applying to multiple schools without an MCAT score. Uh, what happens if their MCAT score comes back lower than they thought? I'm very hesitant for people to apply without knowing their MCAT score. And if someone needs to take a late MCAT, I really look at them to think about applying the next cycle. Okay, interesting. All right, so basically the goal is to take the MCAT early enough that you can get your score back and apply early in the application cycle. I once heard a professor at the NIH talking to a bunch of pre-meds, and he said the application process is your first medical school test. It's an open book test because you have all the instructions right there for you. And if you apply late, that's your first failure of a test in medical school. Definitely, I agree with that NIH researcher. All right. If you want to check out other shows that we're doing, you can go to mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. Right now, as I'm recording this, we just have the old pre-meds podcast and the pre-med years, and we are in the process of adding more shows and more information to help you on your journey to becoming a physician. So hopefully um, there will be something for you to help you. All right. If you got a lot of great information out of the podcast today, go to opmpodcast.com slash iTunes. Leave us a rating interview. I would greatly appreciate it. And as they come in, I'll say hello to you on the podcast and read it um, because I want to, to say thank you to you. And as you end this podcast today, don't worry. There'll be another one next week. And I hope you'll be here for that here at the Old Pre-Meds podcast. <laughs>